1: Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church.
0: Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. This is a church that exists to help people find the real life they were created for. That's according to John 10.10. Right now we're studying the book of Philippians in the New Testament. Today we're going to hear part two of the message called Love With Your Mind. Pastor Sean's going to get a little political. Get on the media as the attack on the church is on. We need to be wise like serpents and still love. You can follow along with the notes to the sermon at reallife.org if you click on the sermon archive link. But right now, if you're ready, here's Pastor Sean Ozzaro, and this is Real Life Radio.
1: In our culture, in politics and media, one thing that seems abundantly clear, they know that they can say whatever they want in a campaign. They know they can say whatever they want because in six months, nobody will remember They'll say the exact opposite. Just change the administration and office. They will say the exact opposite things that they said four years ago. If you don't believe me, just go get some transcripts. Just look. And you know what? That You could go, wow, the media has an agenda. Duh, they're people. Does that surprise you? That's not the great crime of what I'm talking about. The great crime is that we're stupid enough to not see that and to continue to just... Soak it up. Critical thinking is one of those things that is just lost. And in the church, we certainly are not immune and we are not guilt-free. Unfortunately, all too often we have the wrong notion that faith is contrary to thought. And that is one of the most dangerous things to hit the church. That is one of the great victories of the enemy, to think the idea that faith is contrary to thought. Faith is a belief that is so strong I'm willing to act on it based on thought, reason, understanding of the bigger realities, including the reality of God. That's what faith is. It's just being so sure of something based on reasoning and understanding and that it moves from here down to here. I, mean, I grew up in a culture where I, you know, you'd hear people say, I don't need me no book learning, I just need me Jesus. And I'm like, but Jesus would be happier if you had some book learning. <laughs> and I'd be happier too. <laughs> it's sad, but true. An anti-intellectual bias in certain segments of the church that has, I think, definitely hurt the church. Matthew twenty two thirty seven, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your finish it mind. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, amen. All your soul, yes. And all your mind. You're taking notes, write this down. Great things begin with great thoughts. Great thoughts require great thinkers. Great things begin with great thoughts. Great thoughts require great thinkers. And I think the Apostle Paul is teaching us how to be great thinkers in this passage. That's the goal to change the way we think, to make us great thinkers. Now, understand something. I want to say very clearly this is not about intellectualism. It's not about academia. And and by the way, those aren't bad things. I'm just telling you, we are not restricted to those ideas. It's not about IQ. You can have some really, really smart people do some really, really dumb things. It's not about degrees. It's not even about having a photographic memory or instant recall of every fact you've ever heard. That's not what we're talking about here. We are talking about a type of thinking that is different. Paul is trying to help us become great thinkers. And that may be different than what you thought previously or what definitely the world around us would call a great thinker. Great things begin with great thoughts. Great thoughts require great thinkers. I want to suggest three disciplines of a great thinker, according to the Scripture and according to what Paul's writing. Number one is the discipline of surrendered thinking. The discipline of surrendered thinking. That's what Paul said in Philippians 4 or 5. He's talking about the Lord is near. Let your thinking come under that reality that the Lord is near. When we say the Lord is near, please understand, we're talking about the greatest mind in the universe is right here. And we call him father. Isaiah 55, eight, nine says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways. My ways declares the Lord as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. The psalmist understood that in Psalm 139, 17. It says, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. God is not just a cuddly, loving, gray-haired grandpa. And there is an aspect of his character that's like that. God is also the greatest mind in the universe, the creator of all things, not just the one who knows truth, the one who defined truth, created truth, established truth. And please understand something the scripture makes a very clear point that sin causes a particular kind of blindness that leads to foolishness and ignorance. Romans 1 20, 21 and 22 says, For although they knew God, talking about people who rebelled against God, although they knew God, They neither glorified Him as God, nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. Romans 8, 6 says, The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Smart people can be fools because of sin. Folks, it is no... I mean, and this goes with any kind of talent. Understand this, okay? You can have talent out the ears, but if you don't have the character to put that talent to good use, your talent will rot on the vine. And intellect is one of those things. You can see bright, even brilliant people as far as natural ability and IQ, thinking processes. You can see people who just never do anything of substance. Or they may have one particular small area of their life where this this mind is fruitful and effective, but the rest of their life can be in shambles because they don't have the character. Their mind is not surrendered to the proper realities. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed... I like that word. Conform is not fun. Transformation is. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. Be pressed into its mold, but be transformed. Made new by the renewing of what? Your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Sin causes a type of blindness. You can have really smart people who will look at a particular thing and the... You're sitting there pulling your hair out because it's obvious the truth. It's obvious there's a history, there's a pattern, there's a truth right here that can be verified and documented, and they'll, no, don't see it. It is called the blindness of sin, and it is a thinking that is not surrendered to the simple reality that there is a God. He created all things. There is a reality that exists regardless of our opinions. There is truth that exists. In fact, all truth is like this, regardless of our opinions. It doesn't matter what my opinion is of certain things, they just are. I don't care what my opinion is. If I jump off a building, I'm going to fall. There's just truth. A surrendered life begins with a surrendered mind. And I mean, this is really the foundation of the issue. When we surrender ourselves to Christ, when we surrender ourselves to the Lord's work in our life, it changes us. It fundamentally puts us in the place where we now can learn and grow and follow the greatest intellect in the universe, our Heavenly Father God. That's why Jesus died on the cross. That's what the cross is all about. It is all about Him making possible our entry into relationship with Father. And one of the things Father wants to do, turn the lights on of our understanding. Give us not just knowledge, but wisdom, such a difference between knowledge and wisdom. You can fill your head with knowledge all day and destroy your life. Wisdom gives you the tools and gives you the framework to use that knowledge now in a way that is life-giving and fruitful. That's God's desire. That's what abundant life is about. God wants us to bear good fruit, and that begins by submitting and surrendering to Him. If you haven't submitted your life to Christ, I suggest today you say yes to him. Let him forgive your sins. Let him come into your life and lead you in a new life. Let him begin to turn the lights on and awaken your thinking in your mind to where you begin to see what he sees. Great things begin with great thoughts. Great thoughts require great thinking.
0: And let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church. In a series called Under Construction Which we encourage you to go over to Reallife.org and check out The sermons page where you can find this And hundreds of other messages Delivered by Pastor Sean Azaro. And if you'd like to visit River City Community Church Here's your invitation from Pastor Sean
1: Do you ever look at your life and feel like You were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy But I came to give you abundant life Real life I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. This is
0: real life. Welcome back, and we return to Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church for the conclusion of this message, which can be downloaded for free, at reallife.org, when you click on the sermon archive link, and this is Real Life Radio.
1: A second discipline is the discipline of deeper thinking. The discipline of deeper thinking. Now, this is a this is kind of a this is one that that I think some people think. Well, I, I don't. That's not the way I'm wired. Now, I think I, I think. We're all wired to do some deeper thinking, maybe some more so than others, just like there's different kinds of wiring in different areas, but we're all wired to do some deeper thinking. One of my favorite ways to do deeper thinking is to ask questions. I love questions. I really do. I absolutely love questions. Questions are the open door to new lines of thought and new possibilities. When you stop asking questions, you close the door. Don't ever shortcut the questions. Questions are a way of looking at a subject with different lenses and seeing. When I do sermon preparation, I begin with a set of questions. When I get stuck on an idea, I start asking more questions. My three questions that I ask, okay? And if you do a talk for somebody, you you really ought to at least start with these questions. What do you want them to know? What do you want them to do? And third, why should they care? And by the way, that's the question. If you don't answer that one you no, nobody's listening anyway what do you want to know what do you want to do why should they care and then if i get stuck on something i start asking other questions well what would it look like if someone didn't live this in their life or what does it look like when someone does live it in their life and you begin just a lens like a light looking at this nugget from different angles it's called deeper thinking and it's a gift ask questions a guy named bob bills a leadership author and he wrote a book i don't even know if it's still in print I've got two copies of it, and I guard them with, you know, precious. I can loan one out, but the other's in the safe. Because it's just a book of questions, just good questions from a leadership perspective. Makes my staff a little nuts sometimes, because they'll come into my office, and they've learned, they know, the more senior senior members of the staff will send a a newbie in once in a while just to watch them, you know, flame out and burn without asking the right questions. Because they know if you don't ask the right questions up front, then you and I are going to have this wonderful question-asking session. And I love those sessions. They're my favorite. Some people have said they sound like cross-examining. I don't think so. I think it's gentle, loving inquiry. But we're just going to ask the questions. And and they know you better ask the questions. And you better have, because he's going to start asking the questions. I love the questions. I'm telling you, when I was on staff, when I was a youth pastor, my questions about drove my senior pastor crazy. Because he wasn't particularly a question guy. He was a just go do it guy. Well, what if we did it this way? What if we did this? Da, da, da. And you know, I'll do it however you want, but, but let's ask some questions first. No, just go do it. And parents, let me tell you something. I want to be real, real careful here. There is an important point to teaching authority and submission, and that is right. But please scrap the words because I said so from your vocabulary. Will you, will you do that as a favor to your kids? Now, now okay, or you, let's say you can do this. You can use them if they are followed by the words. Do it just because I said so right now, and then come back and we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll give you some of the reasoning why. We'll talk about why. Or I can't tell you why now, but in four years I'll tell you why. One of the great things that you can do for your kids is answer the question why. Do you know what? You'll never have to wonder if they understand your principles or your lifestyle if you will take time to in all along the way when they're a two-year-old. Well, why do we do Well, here's why. And in, to the best of your ability, as a two-year-old... You, you know, you got to think like a two-year-old. You know how you like you, to do this with your puppy? Well, I like to spend time with you. So that's why you're going to be with, you know, whatever. Grandma likes to see why, why, why. We just answer their questions. Help them unpack because they love to ask questions. And I I take it as a personal game. Okay, Ryan was great at this, but so was Lauren, too. Jackson Powers was actually very good at this game. Really, because I make a commitment to keep answering their questions until... They can't ask why anymore. And Jackson, I think, got to like 14 or something. Why? Because of this. Why? Because of this. Why? I mean, I was really proud of him. He took took it a long way. I was like, okay, this is going to get silly. But, you know, I I outlasted him until finally, and I know it's good when he says, oh. And he either got bored or he actually was satisfied in his, his thinking. Ask questions. They are a gift. Put yourself in another person's shoes, especially those who don't agree with you especially those of your adversary or your, quote, enemy. This is not easy, because often we insulate ourselves from the people who think differently than us. Everybody around us thinks just like us. So you have to work at this, but put yourself in someone else's shoes. Look at life from their perspective. I I, I will tell you, I don't learn a lot from sitting around with a bunch of people who think just like I do. I don't stretch and grow a lot, okay? Maybe, Maybe I'll understand things and clarify a little better, but not a whole lot. When I sit with someone who is of good heart and will, who's a person who, you know, we can sit and have a conversation, who totally disagrees with me on fundamental issues, I learn and grow a lot. I don't know that I change necessarily. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'll, wow, I never thought of that that perspective. And I always then run it against the grid of what I think and what I believe and the principal foundations that I understand. But I, I totally saw it new. I don't see new things when I just sit and talk to myself or I talk to people exactly like me. I see new things when I go... And I talk to people who aren't like me, who don't think like I do. And it allows me to step back and go, and you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm very slow to just, if you, if you just want to change my mind, well, I said this, so you should change your mind. That's ridiculous. That's not going to happen. But I will step back if you, if, if someone who totally thinks differently causes me to think about something like that. Wow. Okay. And that goes in the hopper and now begins to percolate, begins to brew. And it ends up changing my thinking. Read. Read a lot. If you're not a reader, I would encourage you to change that. And maybe you you go, but dude, I have got dyslexia and I struggle reading. Beautiful thing called audiobooks and iTunes and an iPod or an iPhone or something like that. All the books in the world almost are on audiobooks now. And you can just hear other perspectives, learn from different people, read, read cross-discipline. You know, if, if you're into theology every once in a while, read a book about airplane maintenance. It's amazing how people problems, because airplane maintenance folks have people problems too. You look at people problems through the lens of an airplane mechanic or a supervisor of mechanics, and all of a sudden, oh, the light bulb goes on, you see something different. Read books about horse people. Read books about, about bankers and finance. Read books from different perspectives once in a while. Not all the time, but, but you should read cross-discipline. It's amazing how the same subject, management, leadership, morals, look different when discussed by a banker or a contractor or a teacher. In that, we learn from people. You can learn something from everybody, even your Critics. especially your critics and it's not fun i don't like it i don't like having to learn from criticism but i usually do even if i think they're dead wrong i go okay how could i have helped them understand better but sometimes it's oh i didn't think of that wow yeah that's a good point seek truth rather than validation that's one of the things when deeper thinking is all about seeking truth instead of validation. We often just want to go find people who will say what we already believe and, and strengthen that. Because we're not. And what that reveals, by the way, is we're not confident in our thoughts and our beliefs. That's a scary place to be. Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. The King James says, Study to show yourself approved. Seek truth. Not just validation of what you already understand. And, and a, a fourth way to de- think more deeply is to make time to get quiet and think. Make time to get quiet. And this, this is a big one. Our, our world is not conducive to deeper thinking. You have to get quiet. You may have to explain to loved ones. You know what? I need some time without any conversation. Because I'm reading something that's really stretching my brain and I need to have time to process it and think. So make times a quiet. If you're a nature lover, go take walks. You'll think thoughts. You'll hear God's voice. You'll, you'll think things that you wouldn't think otherwise. Be a deeper thinker. Because great things begin with great thoughts. Great thoughts require great thinkers. A third discipline and a final discipline, the discipline of directed thinking. And this is really what Paul is getting at, 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 at beginning at verse 8. The discipline of directed thinking. I'm going to tell my mind what to think about. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Tell your mind what to think. Circumstance does not get to determine where my thoughts go. Right now, I'm telling you, some of you need to hear that and you need to make that determination. Circumstances will not determine where I focus my thoughts. Yes, That financial issue is bad, but the Lord is near. Yes, that person has a real struggle and issue and our relationship is hurting and there's some unhealthy things there, but the Lord is near. And I'm going to think on these things. I'm going to direct my thoughts and beliefs according to God's word, according to the reality of his presence. I am going to rejoice in the Lord always, regardless of circumstances. Feelings do not determine where I focus my thoughts. Ooh, this just got ugly. Can I I help you with a very simple understanding? Feelings are real, but they're not necessarily accurate. We don't invalidate our feelings. They're real and they're important. They're part of who we are. They are real. They are not always accurate. And you need to know that. Just because I feel like quitting, I feel like it's time to quit, doesn't mean it's time to quit. My feelings will not determine where I focus my thoughts because the scripture says be anxious for nothing, but I'm feeling anxious. And a rational mind looks around and sees these circumstances and says I should feel anxious. Feelings do not determine where my thoughts are. Public opinion does not determine what I think or where I focus my thoughts. Ooh, that's a big one. A.W. Tozer said it this way, the masses are generally wrong. In fact, I think he said always wrong. I'm trying to te- temper OAW a little bit. Public opinion is often really, really wrong. 2 Corinthians 10 5 is an important word, and I'll leave you with this. We demolish arguments. I love that phrase. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Ooh. Somebody should preach on that. I think I will. Take captive every thought. I mean, this sounds like a, it's like a fight. Any of you ever have to fight with your mind? Your mind want to lead you in places? And this is not, I'm not saying, oh, this is easy. Oh, just do it. Go. It's easy. What I am saying is Paul says that when we do it, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Great thinking. Great things begin with great thoughts. Great thoughts require great thinkers. So I leave you with the three disciplines and I challenge us to be a people. Talk about this in your small groups. Talk about. Surrendered thinking, where I say, God, you are the ultimate reality. I surrender my life and my mind to you. Deeper thinking. Read, ask questions, seek truth. Directed thinking. Take captive every thought. And let this one thought dominate my thinking every minute of every day. The Lord is near.
0: Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life, a service of River City Community Church. And if you've enjoyed this message, would like to hear it again, or maybe this whole series, it's called Under Construction, and it's available right now at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road, right behind Rotama Park, with service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262 as Radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.
1: Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church